We're recording. Welcome to Triple XP. This is episode 18. Once again, Mike has abandoned us because he has like real world adult life shit to do. So Cheese is filling in. Welcome, Cheese. Hello. Uh, and I forgot to say, oh no, I've blown it all out. I've just I've ruined it. I'm Shane as well. I forgot to mention that. We know who but we you. Also we know have... that by now, don't we? <laughs> um, you never know. There might be a new listener who doesn't know who I am. That's Shane. Uh, and, <laughs> and the other our other guest for today, um, as you can hear him, is Ryan. Again, the guest that we had planned blew out, so Ryan stepped in at the last minute to save the day. Not doing anything else. <laughs> I mean, there, there is that. Um, you can find us in the usual places, YouTube, Spotify, and all the other important podcast places. On this week's episode, we find out what's been happening with the Avengers game. Cheese reviews a 10-year-old classic, and we discuss all things video game weapons. But before we get into any of that, how are you both doing this week? This fine week. Good. All right. Good. <laughs> we got a foot of snow on uh, Monday, so I got a couple of days off of work. I mean, I've, I feel like the pause says otherwise. That was I... a long pause before the good. I'm getting old. I'm just always tired. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I we feel had, that. We had some snow as well. I think we had a couple of flakes here and there, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we had like one flake. Yeah. 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 Not enough but to no. shut the, well, almost shut the country down. It does normally, but there we go. <laughs> does it really? Doesn't yeah. take that much. We're not, we literally got we're not very good. Of snow and every, like it, it was back to normal like a day later. It was insane. If I we had a foot of snow, yeah, we wouldn't be leaving the house. <laughs> it would be it'd be worse than the national lockdown. Not that we are leaving the house anyway, Shane. No, not we're not. But that a foot of snow would be like people. No, no one would be going to work. No one. It'd be I impossible. Was, I was thinking earlier on that we haven't. You know, obviously this podcast has been entirely through lockdown. It's going to be amazing when we're actually lifted out of lockdown and we can start talking about like things outside our house. Like, where did you yeah. go on the weekends? What did you do during the week? Well, yeah, moment, it'd, it'd be cool for the, and, and for the people that know each other. Like, if you're in the same room and then you just have another person oh. that zooms in, like you could do so much stuff. There's there's so many possibilities. Yeah. It'll it'll be a whole new world. <laughs> I mean, this this opening segment alone of how how we all are will be a whole new world because yeah. every week is just well, you know, lockdown's making me more tired and bored of my life. <laughs> it's but, true. <laughs> yeah, it is true, but um. But no, I, I do feel your tiredness and um, I actually have some very minor news because I can't go into detail. I'm not, well, I, I, can't, I can go into detail, I just choose not to um, on the podcast. But for the first time in my 31 years of life and of that 31 years, what is it, 15 years of working, I am moving into a Monday to Friday nine to five job. After 15 years of being a shift worker, working ridiculous, stupid hours in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, having days off and like a random Wednesday. I feel that. I'm, f I, I'm finally joining the rest of you in a Monday to Friday. It's so much better. Monday to Friday grind. It, it changes everything. Just having that regular schedule, you know when you're going to work, you know when you're not going to have to work. You just know that the weekend is the weekend and changes everything. It's you know when to sleep. That's yeah. the important thing. You know when to sleep. True. 
Yeah. And, and holidays are simple to book because it is exactly. literally just five days. You're not having to worry about when you're on, when you're off. Yep. Welcome exactly. to the grown-up world. <laughs> you're a grown up I mean, now. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that I wasn't part of the grown-up world to start with. Just I was a part of the grown-up world that sometimes would have to work until like two in the morning and wouldn't understand what a normal sleep pattern is. Yeah. Yeah. When you start but, getting texts from you at random times just because it's when you're awake, it's like cool. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not gonna answer that now. So I mean, like, I've got this really cool idea. Let me text the lads. Oh shit, it's three in the morning. I'm then <laughs> not gonna reply. Balls. Mike probably anyway, would. Yeah, he probably yeah because that man doesn't sleep. Yeah, he doesn't. Have you not noticed? He doesn't. I don't understand. It I've noticed he he'll, has... pop, he'll pop into like my game streams at like three in the morning. That that's your time when it's like I don't know ten o'clock here. I'm like, why are you still awake, man? Like, go to bed six hours ago. Yeah, but the what blows my mind is it's not like a weekend. He's doing that midweek when he's got work in the morning and he's got children and animals and I can't I cannot honestly understand how that man twin. I think he's a secret twin and they just take it in turns. You guys know I'm a twin, so I don't... Yeah, but you're not a secret twin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I was a secret twin. <laughs> <laughs> We need some way of actually proving that it's the real you that we're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know that you've just been subbed out. You're like, I can't involve in the podcast this week, guys. But just just a favor of standing I mean, for us. Just... Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it could be true. But anyway, before we get into the, the dilemmas of whether cheese is real or not, should we, uh, should, should we get into the news? Yes. Yep. Um, let's... Ryan, yours is probably the biggest news story this week, so we'll end on yours. So, Cheese, let's start with yours. Okay. Uh, we kind of touched on this last week when we talked about sequels we wish would happen, and I said Skate, the skateboarding trilogy, I think it is, uh, and they actually announced that there is a new EA studio, Full Circle, that is working on the now-announced, which was announced in EA Play 2020 officially, uh, the skate sequel. We don't know if it's going to be a fourth one, if it's going to be a new standalone game on its own, if it's going to be a remaster. No idea. No other details. But they do have a new studio that's going to make it. So that's exciting. So was this, because I've not seen this story, was this a leak or was it an official announcement? EA officially announced it. So at this point, for a game like this that everybody... I mean, it was a very popular game in its time because it was kind of at like the peak of Tony Hawk's demise. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you bring in this new one. Yeah. So at this point, any news is great news for this this to actually happen. And sounds like the the wheels are rolling and it might actually happen. Well, it is happening. We just don't know when. When you saw this article, were you like, holy shit, EA must have listened to me. Yeah, They've like, solely announced this I, because I, was I said to, it. I was trying to find like the footnote source of Triple XP and it wasn't there. So I might have to... You have to complain. I might complain, have to complain. Yeah. I'm going to send them an angry, like a strongly worded letter, but we'll see. Isn't that like strongly worded letters is uh, surely it's more about suing over there, isn't it? She Surely she be suing them. The threat of suing. Not, I mean... <laughs> I don't have the financial everyone loves a good means. suing. Yeah, I don't have the financial means to go after EA. <laughs> get us the proof, and we'll get we'll get you a Kickstarter. There no we problem. go. Don't worry. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that is the that is the option. But I, no, that's really I, exciting. We all have to be featured characters in the new skate game, or we're gonna sue them. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> 
I mean, that would be incredible. Be but no, that's <laughs> Triple XP can be like part of the sort of the soundtrack as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. So down for that. <laughs> exactly. There we go. So down. No, hopefully though, that's that's going to be a solid solid title. Yeah. Um, I take it this is a new studio, isn't it? It's not a studio we've heard of before. It's a newly new one they've built yep, or put it's, together. It's a, it says Full Circle joins EA Sports and Respawn Entertainment as the third EA studio in Canada. I think this one's in Vancouver, maybe? Yeah. Based so have full, this Full Circle, are they a new studio that's never done anything before? Or do we know of their back catalogue? Uh, it sounds like it's brand new. Yeah. Um, there would be calling to the Google machine. Yep. <laughs> it yeah, it's brand it, new. So it's, Electronic Arts creates Full Circle Studio. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it sounds okay. like it's been created for skate and games like it. Maybe at least for now, that's what they're going to focus on. Be interesting to find out, like if there's who's part of that studio. Like if there's any um, sort of veterans from the skate games yeah, or from is, like other is. skate. Well, yeah, returning skate producers remain yeah. on board. It says full circle. Oh, that's cool. It says full circle will be led by Daniel McCullough, the former head of Box Live at Microsoft. I don't know if they met Xbox Live or whatever. I don't know what Box Live is, so maybe it is an oh, Xbox. But I thought they added the X of, of like old school Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> he had something to do with Microsoft. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, that's some exciting sounding news. Yes. It is very exciting, and it's cool to see like EA do something like this. I mean, creating a new studio is no joke. I mean, they must have plans no. for this franchise and for games like it, and it's good to see them do something new. Yeah, and talking about companies doing something good, um, that leads on to my new story <laughs> of Sony actually Smooth. giving us some good games for once. Um, I say for once; they've done it a few times, but. Just not. It's not as often as we'd like. Um, so I don't. As you, as if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that I don't necessarily consider the PlayStation Plus game announcements of the month as news. But I struggle to find any relevant news since so I thought I'll do Mike. I'll, I'll do Mike a solid, and I'll cover it for him because I know he loves to cover it. Um, so yeah, my my article this week is the PlayStation Plus announcement for February. So we know. We, well, we already knew that Destruction All-Stars was going to be part of the, the lineup because they announced that back in November when PS5 launched. They pulled Destruction All-Stars from launch and said it was going to be a free game in February. So we knew that was coming. I'm quite excited about it. It looks mental. It just looks like Destruction Derby meets Rocket Fortnite, League. I suppose, or Rocket League. And yeah, Rocket it, League, it just, yeah. It just, I don't really get what it is, but it, it looks like it'll be fun and it's free. So try I don't it care. For free. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, they also threw in there the PS4 title Concrete Genie, which I know causes Mike a lot of upset. But <laughs> um, why? Because there's a, he won trophy away from platinum it, but it's a bugged trophy that he physically can't get. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well. um, but Concrete Genie, we've definitely spoken about that on this podcast before. It's a fantastic game, well worth playing, a really good look at um, loneliness and bullying and oh. like mental health in children. That's the um, game and we it's talked all... about in the mental health episode, right? 
I believe we did. I, I yeah, say, and it's, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it played. I've never played it, but it definitely. Honestly, you should get you should give it a whirl. Um, it basically follows this young, um, very young sort of like graffiti artist kid who's got no friends and he's trying to save his town. Um, but the the things he can paint comes alive, and they're like magical creatures that sort of support him. Nice. Um, it's really really well done. Really fantastic game. Unfortunately. It is a little bit buggy. Um, it does have a few issues, but it, it's made by an indie studio and they've put a lot of effort and work into it. So I, I would 100% say give it a whirl. That's is great. it done by motion? Is it done? Um, I couldn't remember if this was one that was done by motion. I can't or not. remember. I'll be honest, I cannot remember. Um, but talking about buggy games, there's the third game on the list. <laughs> is Control Ultimate Edition, which is probably going to make Max very angry because I'm pretty sure he purchased it solely. This, to was, play on this. this was the exact same thing I was about to say. I think when it was on offer prior to Christmas, it was like yep. 15 quid Ultimate Edition. They were like, it's going to have PS5 upgrades. I haven't played it. I've heard nothing but good things apart from the bugginess. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to invest in that until the, the, the PS5 version comes out and I'm just going to get the upgrade. And now they give it to me for free. And it's just like, Yep. Like every, every time, every time I buy a game. <laughs> yep. So Control Ultimate Edition. Um, Cheese, have you played this one? I have not. Uh, they just put Control you, on Game Pass for PC, so it's it's on the list. Especially after playing, you uh, should Alan definitely. Wake, I was told I should play yeah, this game. You should definitely play it. So I won't go into any spoiler territory, but it's <laughs> set in the same universe as Alan Wake, and oh, really? um, you follow. Yeah, it's set in the same universe, and nice. the, I'm pretty sure the DLC actually features the town yeah. from Alan Wake in it. Nice. Um, yeah, the DLC kind of ties it into the into the wider universe, I believe, from what I understand. So. Yeah, that's what I understand as well. But the Ultimate Edition, I believe, comes with all the DLC anyway. So yeah. Uh, so that's coming to PS PS4 and PS5. You get the Ultimate Edition, you get the free upgrades, and you get all the DLC. Um, I absolutely love this game when I played it. I will happily play it again for free. I will happily play for the DLC. I think it's a fantastic game. Well worth well worth playing. It follows the character. I want to say her name's Jessie. Pretty sure her name's Jessie. As she goes to this uh, almost like supernatural FBI-esque agency that looks into the weird and wonderful. And it's all about her sort of like looking into... The weird shit. Is it? Imagine X Files. Basically, that's what it is. Nice. It's X Files, um, but it's really good. Really good combat. Really good game. Well, well played out. Some really good musical moments in there. Again, I know we've touched on the game before in this podcast, but for a free game, that is a solid, solid giveaway. And I had to double check it, but it is. It's the, the next gen upgrade arrives with it as well. Isn't this? Which game... I wasn't sure. I was. Isn't this game Mike talked about being like horribly buggy at the end? Yeah, so the PS4 version is um, there comes a point where there's so much stuff on the screen that the game can't keep up Great. and it just it suffers from really bad frame rates. But they have said that the PS5 version should, touch wood, fix all of that. Yep. Um, and I can't see why it wouldn't because the power difference between the PS4 and the PS5 is so astronomically different that there should be no reason why the PS5 can't keep up and the frame rate issues were fixed. So hopefully it'll be a nice smooth game on the PS5. But yeah, on the PS4, it's a um, 
it's a challenge. I played it on the Pro and I didn't have an issue, but I know those playing it on the original PS4, the first batch bad boys, they were really struggling. The interesting thing as well, looking into this, is that for any of you that have the original, you'll need to use the control that you get on on the second of Feb because the if you only if you own the original control, not the ultimate edition, it doesn't get upgraded. Yeah, well, there was a lot. There was a lot of um, there was a big article about this. I don't know if you saw it, and uh, it, it was like so. It was really dodgy stuff that happened with it. So basically, what happened is the company that makes it—I can't remember the name—published um, five five games. Yeah, so they came out and basically said that if you already own the game, you would not be getting the PS5 upgrade for free. You would have to purchase the Ultimate Edition to be able to get the PS5 upgrade. Obviously, all the fans kicked off and were like, "Well, we've given you support to a a, a game that actually." And in fairness to them, I agree with the fans. A game that wasn't particularly well known, it didn't have an established fan base. Um, it wasn't even clear that it was linked to the Alan Wake series, so you couldn't even say that the Alan Wake fan base was going to be built into it. Um, yeah. And so all of these fans were like, well, we supported you. Why should we have to pay more to have the upgraded version? Even if, Because a lot of these fans had already bought the DLC separate as well, but they said, no, you still have to go and buy the Ultimate Edition. Then there it was, was quite a... pricey as well, I think, wasn't it? It wasn't cheap. It was full price, no. at least full price for a game again. Yeah, it literally was. You had to pay the whole game again. Um, And then something happened and 505 accidentally set out an update for the original to show. And it basically basically proved to everyone that it could be done. They just were choosing not to because they accidentally updated the original version and not the ultimate edition version. Nice. And it just, it kind of, it caught fire from there. And then eventually they ended up having to like pull back on a lot of things and be like, no, we will support you. We'll give you access to the, to the ultimate edition for free. And now obviously they're giving it out for free anyway. Um, so that was all quickly comical, but anyway, getting away from that, it's a fantastic game. Even though 505 were a little bit dickish about it, you should 100% go and play it. Do you reckon I can get a refund? I haven't played. I haven't played it yet. I haven't like installed it or anything. So I might. I don't think I'll be able to get a refund. But... No. Well, no. I think you can because I'm pretty sure Sony's refund policy is that you can, if you buy a digital per, a digital purchase, the policy is you can refund it as long as you haven't started the download yet. So if you've de- if you've purchased it but never started the download, I'm pretty sure you can get a refund. I think you can. Have a look. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. So you should, yeah, definitely look into it. That's an extra 15 quid for beers. (laughs) Wait, exactly. I've been holding out on getting PlayStation Plus again for the last couple months because the games haven't been that great or it's something I already had. So I might actually have to uh, pony up and spend some money and get these games. If there's a month to get it, this is the month. I'd say this is the month to get back into it, especially with Destruction All-Stars, which is a PS5 brand new title but there's so few um, people well, that have ps5s in like my playstation friends that like is it really worth it? i yeah. mean it's worth just having just being able to save it to yeah. my library yeah but exactly some of us can have like a game night to play it but like mike yeah. mike can't be included <laughs> maybe but, that's uh, more yeah, of a I mean, reason I, to play it <laughs> yeah i mean i remember when rocket league dropped for example that, that yeah. it, it, it launched rocket league into a league of its own um, because it, and you know, to the extent where they they basically couldn't offer it for free anywhere else, like people just had it on PlayStation. Same with uh, and it does guys, well now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as you say, it's good to just 
have it on you know have it on your library so you can just go back to it whenever you're paying for it so yep exactly and again what perfect segue on the note of going back to games why yep. do you want to hit us with your story so after a little bit of silence we're now starting to get some more information about avengers again and I, the reason i picked this cheese i have no idea what your thoughts are on the sort of the marvel's avengers game that kind of dropped last year um i know shane's and it's one of the reasons why i stick it on here <laughs> <laughs> um but basically obviously marvel avengers launched launched last year yeah last year yeah um, september september it had it had a big plan for lots of heroes to come sort of potentially a hero every month um we've had kate bishop arrive and that was it there's been silence because there's been a lot a lot of criticism in terms of how it plays in terms of its uh like loot cycle its repetitive gameplay uh, did you, you know, before you continue have you played the kate bishop dlc no no because so the way that I've, i'm doing i've it not is, but i've read it. i've read that it's flat it's not yeah. people people have said that she's average at best but the uh, the overall dlc has fell pretty flat I think I think that it's there's a lot to be learnt from it, and I think Kate Bishop was the, it was still a hangover from its original production, as it were. So I think that they kind of had the choice of they produced this game, they launched it, they thought it was probably going to be much more successful than it was. All this criticism came in, then they probably had like a ninety percent finished Kate Bishop, and they were like, right, sod it, we're just going to have to get this out, and then they just delayed the rest of the roadmap as a result. Um, but what it does mean now is that. In a couple of weeks, so February the 16th, we will see more on Hawkeye. So Hawkeye is introduced to it within the Kate Bishop um, story. Um, but then we're also going to see sort of a lot of the stuff that they're going to be doing in terms of sort of the future. I mean, we get to have Evil Hulk, like Maestro, which is amazing. Um, but we also get to see the next gen upgrade as well. So that might fix some of the many bugs. Um, I mean, I know that it's quite a a contentious game in terms of its ability in terms of like the way it runs and even the way it plays well this is what i was about to say though the the bugs isn't its issue its core concept is flat and boring that it's the game itself the gameplay and the core concept of the game the way the missions play out the way the combat plays out the repetitive nature of the the combat the the enemies themselves and even to the point that the how ultimately boring they made the big fun villains in the multiplayer element um, all fall flat. So, yes, I great the PS5 is going to make it faster, smoother, and fix the bugs. But what are they doing to fix the actual core gameplay? I mean, I think that's going to be something we find out in a couple of weeks. And I think that they're, I'm hoping that their silence has been a learning from everything that's gone on in the industry i mean there's been a lot of criticism aimed at themselves then cyberpunk probably took quite a lot of that flack for a couple of months um so avengers can kind of go right we need to sort this out especially with like square enix funding this with crystal dynamics they're probably not going to want to lose much money on this so they'll probably push this it will be the question of will it die after the 16th I honestly, Spider Man, like Spider Man's a PS5 or PlayStation. Well, this is the thing. I honestly think that if Hawkeye doesn't land, if the Hawkeye and the next gen upgrade doesn't land, um, they'll release Spider Man and then that'll be it. That'll be the game dead. 
Yeah, and I think it is going to be make or break, and I, that's why I think it's quite a big, it's quite a big moment, the sixteenth of Feb, because it, it is make or break. You know, it's sink or swim at that point. Cheese, have you played it? Have you? I've been on the fence about this game. I, about it. I remember <laughs> when they announced this game and having Spider-Man have been one of my favorite games that I've played. I'm like, this has a lot of potential. But <laughs> the more I saw the gameplay and then the game came out, I'm like, I'm going to wait just a while and see what happens. And then on Black Friday, like the holiday sales, it dropped to like $25. And I was yeah. this close to getting it. I was still like, I, I still don't think it's worth it. Let's wait even longer and see. So I have not gotten it yet. I've not played it. I haven't even watched anybody play it. I've just heard reviews from people like you guys. So yeah, uh, I, I mean, when I, you I don't think it's a bad game, is it worth when it? you I look at it? Has longevity. It's worth playing if you can pick it up dirt cheap. Yeah, because the campaign you can knock out in five to ten hours tops. Um, it's not a long campaign at all. The campaign's fairly short because it's all built around the end game. Yeah. But th- and that's but that's where the gameplay falls flat. That's where it's not a strong game. The end game is trash. In if all for want of a better term, it's rubbish. Yeah. There's there's not enough there. It the the big stuff they have put in a lot of it breaks all the time. The characters don't feel different enough. It it just feels like a standard everyday brawler. Um, with no real heart, no real emphasis, and it doesn't feel like you're gaining anything from it. Um, yeah, I I really struggled with it when I played it, and I genuinely think they're gonna they need to like make some really drastic gameplay changes to make it. Um, l- there's too much loot for starters. Yeah, the loot just felt irrelevant. Um, you're constantly changing this gear around because you just get fucking hundreds of pieces of gear. Like I say, a lot too many of the characters felt too similar, and felt they they, they didn't feel like there was any real difference in them. Um, the final like the end game missions felt far too samey. Yeah. Um, the bosses that they built into the main campaign, I get why they changed them for the end game, but in the end game they just became these really almost extremely boring bullet sponges. Yeah, that just did. That just stood there and just took damage and didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all the villains lost their character in the end game. It didn't and have it, that cinematic feel by taking it out of what was, you know, the streamlined single player game was actually pretty good. I think. I mean, I enjoyed that a lot more than I think Shane did. But it's when they then try and just shoehorn in. Oh, okay, you've now got an open world to traverse and explore. You're like, okay, well, why? You know, justify why. I should be going off a tangent when yeah. in theory there is, you know, you're, you're an Avenger, you're doing a, a life, like a, you know, like a time sensitive mission, but there's no urgency and you're dropped in to explore. You're like, okay. You know, and it was, it was that point. There was no justification as to why you should be doing it. And the fact I, that you were forced to do it, it, it did feel, it made you, it, you did begrudge it in the end. I stand by that Crystal Dynamics should have, uh, and Square should have pushed back and said, no, we're not making a multiplayer and just put in like a, a solid 20, 25 hour single player campaign that really fleshed out the characters instead of, like you say, having, because the, the campaign, the story, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was, it was okay. Um, but the story was, it was decent enough to keep you interested to complete it. But the, yeah, the end game is just 
it's just been shocking. And you look at some of the facts and figures behind it, it's something like 92% of the get of the player base has dropped off now. Just dropped straight off, yeah. 92%. That's Anthem levels of player droppage. Is the that's DLC, insane. Is the DLC going to be free? Yes. All DLCs so, are free. So the way it works is that it's going to have um, it's going to have paid for bundles. So like like just, you have like a season pass effectively. So you, sure. but you buy the season pass per uh, per hero. So you would you know you can get all of the free stuff for each hero as you play with them. But if you pay like ten pounds for the Spider Man bundle, for example, and then as you level it up, you get extra stuff. So you get extra material, extra costumes, and that sort of stuff. I wonder if so that's where they're kind of going. I wonder if they'd almost make it a PlayStation Plus game one of these months, like maybe March or April. I feel like they even may because they could just their their playability, their the people playing it would skyrocket. I would play it for sure, yeah. and then they could just yeah. charge a little bit for if you want different characters or something instead of just releasing it as updates. Obviously, fix the issues, but throw in a couple of characters think... and bundle it like Fortnite does. Like it doesn't really even matter, but people spend a shitload of money on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think there's two issues um, here. A, even though the even with the player base drop off, with Kate Bishop releasing, which was their first big new their first big DLC, their first big character to be added, it didn't replace. It didn't bring back the player base. So no. the player base has remained gone, even Kate though Bishop. they've dropped <laughs> a brand new character. You say that, but there was a lot of Marvel fans who were genuinely excited about Kate Bishop she, more so she... than Hawkeye. She is good. I, I do enjoy Kate Bishop, but for me, I, I'm I'm almost and I love Marvel. I'm playing this game in batches, so I'm not coming back to it for Kate Bishop. I'm probably going to come back at least for Hawkeye and do Kate Bishop and Hawkeye together, so that I have a decent chunk of content yeah. to play through. It's not one I I don't feel like I I can justify going in doing three to five hours, then leaving again for a month, and then come back. In. It's right. just it's just a waste of time. Um, also, what I'd like to point out is he, what he doesn't mean going in. What he means is he doesn't justify installing it for three to five hours. It's, it's installed. I'll be honest. Oh, it is, is it? installed. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I would have that shit uninstalled until you yeah. need it. I'm I, I, have, I still have 160 gigs spare, so I don't. It, it'll be the first to go. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I'm more likely to play it on the PS5, I think, too, than I would have ever played on the PS4. Yeah. I think, yeah, knowing that the five is coming out so soon, I just stopped buying four games, and then yeah, I'm waiting for the update. But this is the other. This is the other issue, is that I know what you're saying. Yeah, I 100% agree. At this stage, if you want to bring back players, make it a PS PS Plus game on the PS5 with its upgrade and everything. Yes. But then I don't think they can do that right now because if you do that before the Spider-Man release, ultimately that just spits in the face of all the people that specifically bought it on PlayStation to get the Spider-Man DLC. Yeah. Because that it was on the box that if you buy it on PlayStation, oh. you will get Spider-Man. So it's not even like it's something that they you, the game came out and then they released it out after. It was on the box to buy PlayStation to make sure people were more were more willing to buy the PlayStation version. Is to it... then turn around and go, ah, oh, fuck it, we're going to make it free for everyone on PlayStation would be a massive spit in the face of those those um, customers. I didn't know Spider Man was even going to be in it. Is this like the same Spider Man from the other game, or is this a different Spider Man? No, so I think they've they've near enough confirmed that it's a different different universe i mean they may well try and link them up because they technically can but it's a different spider-man at this point i uh, think um i don't think sony would allow it 
No, they want until it's a proven enough for success. They probably they will want to yeah. distance that IP. Why, why would Sony? Yeah. Why would Sony want to put one of their golden children games right now and say, "Yeah, we'll just link it with that game that's doing really badly." Go hang out with those let's loser kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's take our game that was one of our best-selling games of the year it came out, and yep. then its semi-kind of sequel was our console pusher, and we'll just link it up with that really shit game that no one likes. Yeah. It's just happen, is it? I think that they should. I'm hoping. I'm. I'm hoping for a Destiny kind of revival where. I mean, Destiny has always been. It launches okay. It's still good. Avengers yeah, but granted, it's not as, as good I, as Destiny. But then as Destiny before, gets better. The problem, as I've said to you before, though, is the big difference between when we're comparing these two games. Like, and and you can compare them because although the gameplay is very different, they both focus on this end game content is that the Destiny endgame content, although it can be frustrating, is the gameplay is really fucking fun. Yeah, Whereas but the Avengers gameplay is really fucking yeah. annoying. No, but, but yeah, but the guns feel good, the, the combat feels good, so the, the actual element of it is fun, whereas the, the third-person brawling of Avengers just doesn't feel fun after a while. Is it just because it's repetitive? Is that the main issue? Like, it's just the same thing it's not even repetitive. Was, it's just... and now you're just doing it with different-looking people? Yeah. Well, no, because it's, it's nothing it's like Spider-Man. It's literally just a, a button basher. Yeah. Lame. It's um, just a button basher, and all the characters feel the, feel the same, ultimately. Hulk feels a little bit different. He feels slower and heavier, um, and Kamala feels different. Everyone else in between pretty much feels like the same as each other. I mean, I I'm, disagree I'm a little bit. I'm a little but, bit. But, I mean, I think what they will end up... I mean, one of the ways I can see them doing it would be support it for the next six to eight months say um with the free updates to sort of keep the people that bought it happy and then towards the end of next year having like a a soft relaunch again making it free for everyone but then announcing a paid for dlc so similar to what destiny has where you have like shadow keep you have like beyond light 20 quid and you get entirely new maps and stuff so they're still getting money out of it even if you're not buying it, in, you know, straight away, you're getting it from you're getting the repeat purchase from the people who already own it. The people I then mean, play it again might the, then buy into it. The big difference is going to be: will Square put the money into that? Will Crystal yeah. Dynamics have the money to put into that? And I mean, don't get me wrong; I think Crystal Dynamics is a fantastic studio, but they're no Bungie, and no. I can I can see why Activision and Bungie would be more willing to put the money into developing a struggling destiny than why square would put the money into developing a struggling crystal dynamics um avengers game but uh, we should probably move on because we could just i can bash avengers all night long and um <laughs> we've got other things to talk about <laughs> so got other things to bash <laughs> exactly um so ryan what have you been playing this week so should I start my list off again? So should I go through every single game I've played? <laughs> no, because you know how to, you know how I feel about this. You know how far you bring in your shopping list of games. So to be honest, this this week I have been more focused anyway. Um, I have finished Assassin's Creed, which is quite a big thing for me because when it came to Odyssey, I actually stopped playing Odyssey about twenty thirty hours in, and then came back to it again, and then finished that off like a month, like well, several months later. So for the fact that I've gone through Valhalla from start to finish uh, is quite a big thing for me 
especially seeing as I put about a hundred hours into it. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um a hundred hours into Valhalla. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And and that's not even doing all of the sort of the side. I mean, I've done a lot of the side stuff, but I need to go back and I, I'm considering platting it. Um, but I've looked at some of the trophies and some of them are just like, it's like kill kill three elite enemies while you yourself are on fire. And I can't even think of where <laughs> like, or how and where I would put myself in that situation. So maybe just find three elite enemies and then set yourself on fire. I mean, I've done it by accident before. I'm sure I could do it again, but you know, I will go back and do it, and I'm definitely going to get the season pass. But I, honestly, I loved every I loved every minute of it. I mean, I'm a big big fan of kind of historical, especially like uh, like the Norse. I can't get it. it's amazing. It was the first PlayStation Five game I owned, and I owned it before I owned the PlayStation because it came out the week prior for us. <laughs> so I had this I had this big case, and I was like, yes, no. <laughs> but honestly, I I, I can't. It's one of my favorite games of this generation so far, even though it's not 10 yet. Out of like three games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not It's not against the law, but um, I'm going to be getting the season pass for sure. Um, I'm just going to wait until the sort of the, the timings come out and see if I can get it for a bit cheaper. But I love the story. And I, I've always liked the multi-stories as well. So you've got Ava's story, you've got the God story, and then you've got like the Animus story as well. Um, for some reason, it's just kind of it just clicked with me this time round. It feels less like Assassin's Creed, though. I must admit, and, and you've both played it. Have you played it then, Jeez, or have you just not installed it yet? I've installed it. it. I played about forty-five seconds, and I'm like, I should probably play Ghost of Tsushima first. But now I'm sick of that game, and I think I'm gonna yeah. start playing Valhalla, maybe even today. Yeah, yeah. Do that. I mean, Valhalla's great. Um, and Valhalla, actually, you mentioned it to Ghost. With Ghost. I enjoyed it. I absolutely loved it at the start. And then towards the end, I just started to get a bit bored. Um, like doing all the side stuff, it was just kind of like, so I did all the sort of the main bits and then just skipped through. Valhalla just kept me on the hook. I just nice. kept going. I didn't really lose momentum at all on it. And I was playing it for 20 minutes. And I was playing it for three hours and I still just loved it. Um, it's moved away from that Assassin's Creed feel. You know, you're no longer, um, you don't really feel like, it's an Assassin's Creed game. It feels more like a Witcher game, to be honest. But that isn't a bad thing, I don't think, anyway. Um, it's just a shame. You can still do the planning of assassinations. But if you're a Norse like, Viking, why would you? Just if walk you, in. Exactly. If you can Explain walk in there, I mean, I, I currently, my current, like, because I've, I've got to sort of maxed out on a level 400. I've got Mjolnir in one hand and Excalibur in the other. So, and you're on fire. And, I'm, and sometimes I'm on fire. <laughs> so I'm like zapping people. I'm blinding people. They're flying left, right, and center. I'm chopping heads off. I'm shoving it in and then ripping their skull out. Why would I want to sneak around? You know, it's that. And that was one of my criticisms that I've written down is that once you get past like 320, like level 320, it's quite easy. It's satisfying, but it's quite easy. Even the bosses just, they fall, they fall under your sword. It's just they throw themselves at you, just begging to be killed. So, yeah, love it. I'd give that a solid nine out of ten in my own, in my honest opinion. Solid, solid. Nice, nice cheeky little review there. So on to the next, no, <laughs> on to the next one. Cheese. 
Okay, I'm going to take us all back to May 14th, 2010, which is a mere two weeks before I graduated high school. Alan Wake came out to the world to be played and loved by many, and I took 10 years to finally play it. I played the game just this last week because last week, uh, Jedi, Corellian Jedi, suggested that I play it. It's one of his favorite games. It was on Game Pass, and I told him I'd check it out. So I did, and this is what I thought about it. Uh, it's very much a uh, – the story is very much like a Twin Peaks-style mixed in with Stephen King stuff. And they I, they literally say Stephen King by name three or four times in the dialogue. Uh, it's a very good story. It's very unique. The whole game in general felt pretty unique, at least to me. Uh, I, I don't usually play horror games. This is kind of horror. It's kind of like a good intro to horror game, I would say. Uh, and it was actually a lot of fun. It is definitely dated, though. Some of the controls are very wonky. There was stuff like a dodge mechanic that worked like 0% of the time. Uh, <laughs> there was a couple of things that they didn't introduce until literally the last episode. So the game is six episodes, and it's kind of portrayed as like a television show. And it was literally like... I maybe had 45 minutes left in the entire game. And they're like, oh, we're going to introduce this mechanic where you can like push stuff out of the way. It's like, well, why wouldn't they have done that from the very beginning and made it a little more like a puzzle? We're like, oh, I have to figure out how I get out of this room or something. So that was a little weird. Uh, you, you're basically holding a flashlight in one hand and a gun in the other. And it gets a little weird with the joysticks trying to like aim at stuff sometimes well do you do you move them independently then yes well okay. mostly yes because uh, okay. basically basically without any spoilers really you're, you're fighting these things called the taken and they're basically like these shadow figures slash zombie people so like if a construction worker died all of a sudden you got a construction worker coming at you but in order to kill them you have to shine a light on them and then shoot them several times uh, okay. so then that action though, gets kind of repetitive. It's 90% of the game. There's not like you have to solve puzzles or anything really. It's mostly just, you have to kill these things so you can progress the story. Uh, sometimes that makes it really disorienting though, with the, the light and the gun, lots of spinning around the camera will stop and kind of go like into a slow-mo where it kind of like, like tunnel vision around you. And then all of a sudden the camera pans around real quick to be like, Oh my God, there's these three zombie things taken that popped up behind you. So, you know, you have to spin around real quick. And in doing that, your lights going all over the place and your screen. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like giving you a headache for no reason. Uh, there's a bunch of collectibles. There's these stupid thermoses that you can collect. And then there's these manuscript pages. A it's a thermos, like a, it's like like a, a, just a flask of tea yeah. or coffee. Yeah, basically. So I, I probably does collected it, like... Does it explain uh, why? No. I collected probably they're 150. Like, they're, not the soul, they're not the souls of people or like his missing tea. It's literally just... Okay. Literally... I mean, a selection the, of thermoses. The, the manuscript pages, which I thought was going to make sense because you're a writer in the story. It's kind of... You're basically... Yeah, you're a writer going insane. Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. So there's manuscript pages and these dumbass thermoses, and I shit you not, they never mention what they're for. They don't do anything. They don't tell you how many you've collected. You can't do anything with them. So if you play it, just plow through the story. Worry about nothing else. It doesn't matter. 
overall, I would give this probably like a seven and a half out of ten because I think, at least for me, it was definitely worth playing. I think everybody should play it, but for me, it was a good introduction into something totally new that I, I don't typically play. Uh, but since Jedi said I should play it and it was a pretty short game, I decided to do it. Uh, when I looked it up online, it said it was going to be about four to six hours. Probably took me about eight, and I didn't even die very much at all. It was just I was trying to go around and collect extra ammo and guns and these dumbass collectibles that did absolutely nothing. So uh, it'd be a cool game to either see remastered or have a sequel in some form, but it sounds like Control kind of takes over the uh Well, Control the is world. like a side story. But I believe that they are they have hinted that there's gonna be an Alawite too. That'd be yeah. pretty cool. I just hope that it would be they I mean, gaming has come so far in ten years from the Xbox three sixty until now. I'm sure there's all sorts of new stuff they would do for the mechanics that would make this game a lot better. But uh for what it is and for what it would have been ten years ago, it's a solid game. And like I said, it's on Game Pass for PC for free right now. Uh and you should play it if you haven't before. It's quite it's quite good then that you've played that so recently because if you're going to be jumping into control yeah. in the next couple of weeks, then at least it's actually quite a nice segue, uh, unknowingly as well, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to play that. I, I believe the DLC we were talking about, Control, earlier is actually set in the town from Alan Wake. Bright Falls? Yeah, I believe that it's set there or there's at least you visit there partially. Nice. I'm not 100%, but I, I'm, I remember reading something about it. I've never played the DLC, so I don't know. Yeah. But it's solid. Uh, That's a solid score, then. Solid enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's lower than our Hitman free score, but higher than our um, Cyberpunk score. So, you know, for a 10-year-old game, it's doing okay. It, yeah, it's, I, it's I, holding would, up well. I agree with that, yeah. So, um... For me, then, onto a game that, in my opinion, isn't doing okay. Uh, my first impressions of Watch Dogs Legion. Um, so, firstly, to make it really clear, I only played about three to four hours. Didn't like it at all. So, I'm just going to make that very, very clear, because if you listen to this and you like it, great, fine, enjoy it. Have a whirl of a time of it. I did not enjoy it at all. Um, I have no interest in going back and playing anymore. Like, literally zero interest in playing anymore. Graphically, it's, it's fine. It's above average. I don't think it's the most beautiful game I've ever seen. I, But I don't think it looks bad. It's It's above average. It's what I'd expect as a bare minimum from a PS5 game. I know it's on both PS4 and PS5 and same with the Xbox, but then that. Um, but yeah, it, it looks good, but it doesn't look groundbreaking by any means. Um, technically, fantastic. I, I, I see where, from a technical point of view, it looks, it's great. Like this idea that you can just hire anyone and they become a playable character is, is a fantastic piece of technology. It's also not quite as cool as it seems. <laughs> so when you put it into practice, um, the actual characters don't feel that much different. And you can run around the street. And for example, I, I spent 
probably 20 minutes just running around the street scanning as many people as possible because every person you scan it like tells you their backstory and then you can mark them on your um on your app that you have on your phone to be like so that you can do their mission to unlock them i must have seen 30 people with the exact same model um but every time i scanned them it was just like a different backstory but these backstories weren't specific to that character model it was just a selection of, and, and i get it from a technical point you're not going to create hundreds of thousands of different models of hundreds of thousands of different backstories but i could scan a, a, like 20 people in a row and i could guarantee that within those 20 at least two or three will have similar if not the same backstories with the same perks and the same jobs um so it's like i say the idea is fantastic and they've technically done a very good job but in practice there is a, a lot to be desired with that um i get what they're saying and what they're doing but i don't know if it's quite as much as like the way it's sold um yeah technology is probably not quite there yet to really support like no. that, that scale of kind of individuality for like because you are you're being asked to generate thousands of iterations across the entirety of london with their exactly their own stuff and it, it, it's it, and I think we went when we when it first was announced. I think we were all skeptical about it. We liked the concepts, but we were like, "Well, how?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think part of the way it works is like they must have um, a system that basically ran. They've got like a selection of character models, a selection of jobs, and a selection of perks that they can provide, and it just randomly generates. Yeah. Um, when it when it loads in these people, it just randomly generates all these people, um, taking different parts. But it does mean that you can come across an engineer here, and then five minutes later come across another engineer. Although there'll be yeah. like a slightly different perk on them, they could look the same, or they could yeah. look different, but have the exact same story, backstories, exact same jobs, and the exact same perks. Um, it yeah, like I say, it it's it's still technically impressive. I'm not going to put that down, but personally, for me, it just it still felt a bit flat. Yeah. Um, the hacking element feels good, but also felt comical and a little bit pointless. It felt like they had built a game where, because they're so set on the hacking element, they built every mission around the ability to hack something and to the point that it just became annoying. Yeah, It was like, so the one of the first missions I did was, and it was to unlock a new character. I had to go to this garage, but to get into the garage, I had to hack this drone to then hack a camera to then from the camera <laughs> hack a thing to open the gate. It was, and that was just to open the gate. <laughs> and I was like, it just it felt like such an unnecessary amount of hacking that I had to go through just to enter the area. Um, and then I went through some combat scenes, and then it was like, oh, you need to download. I needed to download the brain data of these two people. I don't really understand. There was some shit I needed to download from these people. And, but you have to get close enough to do that. So I kind of hid and just, you got this little spider bot thing. And I sent this little spider bot about and got the bot to scan them for me. Cause I was like, I can't be fucking bothered to go in there and get shot at. So I sent this bot in, scanned them. And it just, they, it, yeah, it felt like they built this world around the concept of this hacking, but the hacking itself, just it's literally just aim at something press a button you're into that aim at something press a button into that 
the hacking doesn't again it doesn't feel like you're hacking anything it feels like i'm just taking control of things random for no real reason i've heard that spiderbot as well is quite game breaking and the fact that you can just do most of the stuff from safety with that oh yeah that spiderbot is insane and the distance on it is mental like you could literally just be sitting in your car like outside the mission and the spiderbot can complete the entire mission for you without moving anywhere why would you? Um, why would why would you put yourself in harm's way when you've got a spider bot that can do it? Exactly. Why why would you indeed? Um, the driving is as per all of the Watchdogs game, absolutely fucking trash. <laughs> Honestly, having going from like GTA's and the Saints Rose and all these games, like it is fucking awful. The driving It's always been awful in Watchdogs games, and it's not got any better. It's still awful. Yeah. Um, the story, to in my opinion, felt flat and boring. Um, without going into spoiler territory, like it, it opens up in a way that you're like a brand new character that's been pulled into DeadSec. Um, but you mostly communicate with a robot and a character for a TV screen. How and- does it start to your character? Is your character that you start as randomly generated, or is that a fixed character? There is know? a there is a chunk of story that happens where you play as some set characters, okay. um, and then due to certain things that happens, you then get a selection of randomly generated. I think it's about ten characters. So every every player gets these like random selected ten characters. They're randomly generated. You pick that pick which one you want, and then that starts up the story. Um, from there, you have to go to a place and you're basically not rebuilding, but reinitializing DeadSec because certain things have happened to cause them to have to go underground, okay. um, which is why you spend most of your time talking to a an AI and a character over a TV screen. Um, but I mean, for me, the story felt really flat, but then they've tried so hard and it's just to the point it's frustrating to make things comical yeah. even like this ai character that you discuss things with again they've tried to make him comical to the point that it's just annoying it's not, not even funny like it's just annoying can um, i ask do, is is the voice i i am i i can't imagine i can imagine i don't know if i know is it stephen merchant because i imagine that given it's london that's the sort of voice they would go for. I mean, because I can't remember if it was, but it's very similar. Because he was the voice of the the uh, the robot in Portal Two. Yeah, again, very very London, similar style voice. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've really gone for that stereotype of London. Like I was walking down the street and some bloke was like, "What a fucking bellend!" It was like, so, although I enjoy that, it just also like you. feels unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, it. Like it's got the scale, and it it feels like it's going for the scale and the realism of GTA, but with the comedy, or trying to have the comedy of a Saints Row, and it's kind of like this weird middle ground between because GTA has its comical moments, but they're very grounded, and whereas Saints Row is very fucking ridiculous. And this is trying to find that weird middle ground where you're having both like quite grounded stuff, but also the Saints Row ridiculous. And it just doesn't, in my opinion, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. Um, but 
personally, like I know this is again, this feels like it's a bit of bashing on it, but I just don't think anything felt particularly engaging. Nothing really felt like it had a particular impact um, because of because of the fact that you can have any character as your character. It didn't feel like any character had any sort of character development. Yeah. They just they existed purely just to be a. A, a transport vessel for your ability to play the game. It didn't feel like anyone was developing in a way, at least for the few hours that I played, that didn't feel like any character development. Did you feel um, connections to them at all? No, it was just, it, it was literally just a vessel for me to get from A to B. And even though I played it on um, permadeath mode, because I thought, oh, at least I, I like the idea of permadeath mode. Yeah. Even then, it just felt like a vessel because I knew I could just get another 20. From the Did street. you lose any? Did you lose anyone? I had four people on my team and I lost one. But again, because I had no connection to them and I knew I could just get another <laughs> one, I didn't. I didn't care. It just... disposal. So I guess because uh, the reason I asked was because my connection I was going to try and draw it with would be XCOM because XCOM they are technically randomly generated, but I feel like that is a game that irrelevant of backstory or not, it does a good and better job of building a yeah, connection so... to that team. I... Than like Watch Dogs sounds like it's doing. There's two outside of Watch Dogs. There's two permadeath games I've played. Um, XCOM and Free Houses. What's it called? Uh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem Free Houses. Um, and they're very very different. Fire Emblem Free Houses has an insane amount of character development to the point that oh, you I'm actually sure. get so upset when you lose yeah. someone. So upset. XCOM. Yeah. Not quite as upset, but you the way that the characters level up and the fact that they're like part of your team, you feel a lot more not necessarily connected to them, but you feel responsible for them. Yeah. Whereas in this, I didn't feel responsible for anyone, I didn't feel like I cared about anyone. And if they died, it was just an annoyance because it meant the mission failed or it meant I had to pull another character in. Um right. it didn't it didn't feel like I just didn't give a shit about these hundreds of people that I could just pull off the street and just make them my terrorist army basically <laughs> like it, yeah um so yeah i mean the thing is i look at it and obviously you've spoken about valhalla when i compare this to valhalla two big ubisoft games that launched at the same time valhalla feels like it has a lot of heart and a lot of real good story development um whereas this feels like the dead opposite it feels like a game for the, that exists for the sake of existing, whereas Valhalla feels like a game that exists because it's a genuinely someone wanted to make it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a tough one for me. I, like I say, from a technical or graphical point of view, it's it's great, and if you if you like it, then more power to you. But personally, I thought it was an absolute waste of my time. I'm pretty sure Jedi liked this game quite a bit. I know he had a couple parts that bugged out on him like two or three times on Xbox, the newer Xbox, but uh, I watched him play it a little bit. I think he had a lot of fun with it, but from what you've described, and I don't know how good of a comparison this is, but it sounds like like a Lego Avengers game where like all these characters do their own thing and you, you need each one to do a specific thing, but really they're all the same and you really just have to break stuff and collect the bricks. Pretty much. <laughs> like the... But those the games combat. are combat. <laughs> Lego Watchdogs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, like even the combat to me felt a bit, felt a bit naff. Like the the gun combat was okay. The melee combat had that very like Saints Row esque 
you press a certain melee buttons and it shows you like a little clip of them like doing like six different punches and um yeah it just it, it's all right I, I guess I, the novelty of taking like an old woman and beating the shit out of someone wears it, off it gets, pretty quickly <laughs> it gets old when you realize that after beating the shit out of that person you have to walk 10 meters that way and it takes a fucking forever <laughs> that's it like once you realize that actually being an old woman although it's hilarious once you, when if, when you're trying to get anywhere quickly, it's suddenly no longer interesting. <laughs> it's now just am annoying. I, am I right? I have to check this. Am I right in thinking that there are like some of the characters have negative traits as well, and there is a chance that they will just randomly die? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if they will randomly die, but there's definitely positive and negative traits. You have to build up um, your matter? you have to build up like stuff with factions because there's some like for example Albion who is like one of the main bad corporations in the game you have to build up a reputation with them to be able to like unlock albion people to be able to get like so you can you can unlock like an albion guard and it means you'll be able to walk into albion buildings without being detected but they hate you until you've built up a certain reputation with them and things like that um like i say personally it, the, the game might have a lot more in it but i at my age with the um work rate that i've got and the time that i've got if a game doesn't grasp me in those first four hours i am not going to be going back to it i do not have the time to waste 10 hours on a game that i'm not enjoying i'm just going to take you through then on this so it is down as one of the worst traits to have it's called doomed it's an annoying perk and it basically it means that at random point that character is guaranteed to die unexpectedly. So when you're oh. not using them, you'll just get a message to say they died. That's it. Yeah, that that I imagine that if you're playing a permadeath mode, I imagine that would be very annoying. Yeah. And the worst um, one apparently is hiccups and flatulence where they just keep farting, <laughs> which means they just bring attention to themselves. But but that's the sort of character that you would like. It, it, it's quite nice to see there's that character build in it, but it feels like it's completely wasted on the yeah. on the game itself because that you know you want to have people in they're always going to have negative traits it's humanity they some people just fart it, it is what it is but <laughs> you know it, it feels like you you've you've missed that opportunity in this game to kind of really like deal with that i'd but love it, to see the special mission that deals with their flatulence but this is the thing and like you've got to Either either go full jokes and be be the south park where fart yeah. jokes are it or you're going full funny. serious. You can't be this weird in the middle ground that has the South Park fart jokes, but you're trying to be a GTA at the same time, like because yeah. that doesn't work. You either fully take the piss out of yourself, or you're not. Yeah. Commit to um, one or the other. Exactly, and yeah, like I say, if you love it, more power to you. Enjoy it. I hope you love it. Personally, for me, it was flat, and I I haven't got time for it. Four hours was enough, and I felt like that's four hours I'm not going to get back. Um. And as I say, I'm too busy a man. I've not got enough time to be wasting time on games that do not grasp me early on. Is this a shout out to Boomerang though for giving you an opportunity to try and send it back? It's always a shout out to Boomerang. <laughs> uh, because this, I did rent this. I didn't spend a lot of money on it because I rented it through Boomerang. More power to Boomerang. Lego Watchdog. Yeah. <laughs> Lego this, is, just this is the great well this is the great thing about renting though if i had paid money for this game i would have been disappointed 
Yeah. And the fact that I have paid very little just for the rental fee um, means that I'm not disappointed at all. I'm quite happy that I've spent like whatever it is, like six pound on it for the rental fee, as opposed to the fifty-two pound it is, whatever it is, for the full price game. Yeah, because I would have absolutely punched myself. I've already I've already been disappointed by Cyberpunk this year. Spending money on that, I can't be disappointed by two games in the same month. <laughs> See, I almost bought Watch Dogs too. I almost bought it when it was on sale for like I think it was on sale for like thirty bucks also, uh, and I just couldn't make myself do it. And then I found out that my wife bought me Cyberpunk for Christmas, and I asked if she could take it back, and we returned it and got her money back, and I got something else. But I'm like, I'll play it eventually, but. Eh. Yeah, especially not on yeah, PlayStation. I, I'll play it on PC if I'm going to play it. But I mean, I've thanks. literally uninstalled it now, and I'm just going to wait. Um, and in a couple of months, when it's been fixed, I'll play it. But anyway, we're going to get sidetracked to talking about Cyberpunk again. We're given that it's it's fair due. Um, I give Watch Dogs a five out of ten. By the way, that is literally how little I enjoyed it. That's um, quite high, actually. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to go lower. Well, no, because I've given it a high a five out of ten because technically it is impressive. Right. graphically it's sound i didn't experience any bugs so you know for a game of that nature for what they've created to for it to be fairly bug free or at least in the short time i've spent with it bug free i can't fault them for that it's yeah. just it's just a it's just flat and boring looks um like, looks but like, anyway yeah what was you gonna say cheese ign gave it an 8 out of 10 and metacritic gave it a 72 so well they, they like they a little bit better than you but they probably played the whole game <laughs> I mean, they probably did, <laughs> and um, and over at Triple XP, we've never said that we're a uh, a f- we're not we're not reviewing by com- by like company standards. It's all down to our own personal standards. And personally, for me, it was not there. Subpar standards. That should be your by subpar standards. Subpar standards. It's subpar. Yeah, and it is well that's below good. subpar. That, that's a good. That's I like a, it. That's a good segment idea. You I like have- it, but on the note. <laughs> <laughs> on the note of segments, should we move on to, to segment three? Yes. Yes. Are uh, talking about weapons. And interestingly, Cheese this week was like, oh, this is going to be a really short talk. It's going to be rubbish, basically, is what you said. We're already an hour in and we haven't started talking about weapons. <laughs> exactly. So this week we're talking about our favorite in-game weapons. And this can be anything as long as it is a weapon, whether it be a sword a gun, uh, the bloody Tesla coil from Command and Conquer, a we- and I did consider that for my list, um, <laughs> a weapon within the game. And so we'll do the round, round the room style as we always do. I want to know why the weapon that you've chosen and why you've chosen that weapon. What about it stands out to make it a top tier weapon for you? So, Ryan, give me your number three i struggled with this i must admit because so did I. I. Sim- I simultaneously knew a lot of weapons and then knew none when you asked me like let's talk about a weapon i was like it's a weapon what you know what iconic weapons have i played with and you know what would i i'd love to wield um i would also like to point on... out that your penis is not an iconic weapon <laughs> <laughs> no, not even to me. It's not. <laughs> um, if I the one that jumped out of me though, uh, off the bat, was the energy sword from Halo, um, and I think because it feels a, uh, it feels a hole I can't. 
but it also feels a it's a very nostalgic weapon in the way that I have a lot of fun with it and I don't think when I first used it um I used it properly but going back it's always the weapon you rush for it's always the weapon when Halo you would sacrifice sometimes a decent assault rifle or like the battle rifle just to get a couple of charges on your like energy weapon and the idea of just uppercutting and slicing through the sort of uh, the elites and stuff was just so satisfying, especially when you'd taken it off their friend prior to that. Um, I actually, um, I'm actually glad you put this on the list because I was considering the energy sword as well. I'm going to also. And, yeah, it's it's just it's pure Halo. Like, yeah. if if I, if someone said to me, think of a Halo weapon. There's two weapons that always stand out to me because they are just so Halo, and that's the Needler and the energy weapon. So that's the, really the other one, that's the Needler. Was I was like, oh, there's so many good Halo to... weapons though, too. I mean, yeah. the, I, I have one on my list too, but the Gravity Hammer was another one I considered because that's that was yeah, it was just different and it was fun. And then you had Griff Ball, and I mean, man, Halo. But the but then the energy sword played like such a key role in in Griffball as well. You know the idea that it, you lunge towards people, and it was just it was so satisfying, and yeah. it was just such a great weapon. Um, and you know even when you played like multiplayer, the the, the feeling of running around a corner, and you see someone just like you're like fuck, and you're same, like backpedaling, yeah. <laughs> and you're time, waiting for that yeah. reticle to go red. You're like oh no, <laughs> stopping somebody with a if you had a shotgun and somebody was coming at you with oh. a sword, that was also very satisfying. But was that but like a infection? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like infection is the is the game mode where you've got the zombies. They all have the swords. And they're rushing at you, and it's just hordes of people with swords, and you're like, you just can't beat it. I can't think of a a first person sword like that that's that's had that feeling since. Yeah, they've tried, they've tried, but it's just it just it's never feel it's never replaced the energy sword. No, I agree um, with that. Um, Interesting. And, and and you're right. It's a perfect Halo weapon because he Master Chief has the right amount of uh like like armor on him to to warrant running in with a sword there's a lot yeah. of other characters that you give a sword to you're like well you've not really got armor on you kind of yeah. have to sneak around master chief's like i'm in a fucking suit <laughs> <laughs> you know just let's just go <laughs> i am iron man <laughs> i am iron man exactly so yeah and it's basically a lightsaber on top of that so well exactly cheese so, yeah, then what's sword. your What's your number three? So mine's actually from Halo. Uh, the uh, oh, my some of my notes didn't save. You're right. The uh, Magnum from Halo One, which I think was the M60 or something. That gun was a sniper rifle. Oh my god! I'm yeah. so glad you brought this up because I remember such a solid gun. We always okay. It's so, so good. The, I, I just played through Halo One recently, probably six months ago. Uh. And it's still a lot of fun, especially with the Master Chief Collection, like the remastering of it. But that gun in that game is still super powerful. Multiplayer in the map Hang 'em High with just pistols and plasma grenades, which is kind of my my second part <laughs> to this one, was so much fun. Because the plasma grenade, the idea of being able to just like chuck something and it stick to somebody or you're about to get killed, so you chuck it anyway and it sticks and it kills them. Those two weapons combined, and the needler is probably a third. That probably should have been on my list too. So much fun, so overpowered, so much joy. It was 
it, it's just so much. Oh, it's so good. I'm getting really nostalgic. Halo. But it's like on Blood Gulch, you're standing right at the back, <laughs> and it has it has like zero range drop off. Like it does the same amount of damage point blank as it does across the map. And I remember yep. you just you scope it. And you just snipe people. The scope's the best part. <laughs> well, so this, is, this is what I was going to say. I have a vivid memory of um, being in school and a few of my friends having Xboxes and we had like an Xbox LAN party. I'd never played Halo before at this point. I'd never even played an Xbox because I didn't own one. And uh, I remember there was eight of us playing this LAN party at like two in the morning. Four on four, Blood Gulch. And I remember stand- that, that like cliff pathway that goes along the edge back, of the map. Yeah. I remember just standing on that and being able to just snipe people like driving warthogs as they drove past, like headshotting them with this pistol because it was just so insanely accurate and so insanely fun. Yeah. That's that is a great, great weapon. So my number one then, uh, my number three, sorry, my number three is the Final Fantasy VIII Gunblade, like Ryan, I really struggled to pinpoint three that I specifically wanted to talk about. And as a big Final Fantasy fan, I really struggled to break down which one I wanted to talk about the most. And then it hit me: the Gunblade, a gun sword. What more do you want in life? A gun that is a sword, a sword that as you slash someone, you pull a trigger and also shoot them. This it, it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect weapon. The biggest downside to a sword is his lack of range. Tie a gun on it. <laughs> exactly. A gu- honestly, and because I, I remember the I don't know if you've ever played Final Fantasy VIII, but there was a button you could press. So if you, as he went to attack, you pressed another button, and it, if you timed it right, you could fire the gun at the same time as you slashed him. It was just the most satisfying thing to just have this giant gun sword. <laughs> On your back, it just it yeah. Need, it doesn't need any more, does it? It, it doesn't need a lot of explaining. It's a gun, it's a gun and a sword in one. But yeah, so on that note, then because there is no further explanation I need on that, your number two, Ryan. It's interesting because I obviously wrote my list uh, independent of what you guys wrote down, and you've just spoken about the gun blade. So I'm going to be a bit cheeky here and I'm going to go for two because my next one, because you can see I've got three here and I was going to decide at the, in the moment. I was going to go for the Lancer, which is basically a gun blade. It's just it's a gun, a gun blade chainsaw. It's a yeah. gun chainsaw. So it's just, you know, it's just, a, it's, a, it's the gun blade for the modern era. You know, very quick segue on that. It's just very satisfying to just chop the locust and the horde into bits like uh, you know the idea of just chasing someone down and just like i almost had this on my list too yeah <laughs> it, so so i think that you know you've kind of covered it with gunblade it's a gun it's a sword such a chainsaw so i'm gonna go for the gravity gun from half-life because it's just it's such a good gun and and it's such a good use of physics for something that isn't technically a weapon the idea that you can just pick up like the saw blades, and just launch them and chop things in half, launch boxes. It's it's a good, fun way of killing people without like using physics instead of weapons, uh, instead of bullets. So I think that Gravity Gun deserves a little bit of love, in my opinion. Um, quite an underrated weapon. Yeah, 100%. It, 
And uh, also, on the note of your Lancer, um, one of the guns I did, one of the weapons I did consider for this was the chainsaw from Lollipop Chainsaw. Because again, uh, who doesn't love chainsaws? Exactly. So, I mean, it would have been a perfect, like, yeah, so guns, swords, chainsaws, and just chainsaw, guns, swords, all there's, in one. There's only <laughs> That's one an automatic better, win. <laughs> there's only one better chainsaw, in my opinion, and that is the chainsaw hand from Evil Dead. Yeah. Like, just yeah, I, anything again, that chops things up and shoots people, if it does it both at the same time, <laughs> even better. More the power to it. Exactly. So, even better. But yeah, well, so on... NASA <laughs> slash gravity gun for my number two. So, what's your follow up to that then, Cheese? What's your number two? My follow up is the red turtle shell from Mario Kart. Oh, that's a that's a that's a really, I'm gonna say it. It's a cunty move. Can you remind me? Is the red one the one that homes or that doesn't? It does. Does home. It's, so, it's yeah, the cunty I, I one. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, I, I was gonna say the blue shell. I was gonna say the lightning from Mario. I mean, there's so many in Mario Kart that are great, but. The red shell is the real one where you can just piss off that guy that's right in front of you taking that turn, and you're like, ha, 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 not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> it, it's, it's a game changer. It's one of those fun ones. And uh, I think you guys have probably noticed by now, like when I'm on this, I, I like to come up with the more average gamer responses to these questions because I think I am more of an average gamer. Like I've never played Final Fantasy. I've never played portal I mean, said, I mean some of these games that you have listed on here I, i've heard of them all but i've never played yeah. them so i the red turtle shell, i mean you man. said <laughs> i love that you say that as if the average person hasn't played final fantasy or portal even though they are two very big games like very well known and very never famous them. games does that is that are you sure that you're the average game or the below average game he has just been speaking about alan wake which came out 10 years ago so you have to give him like a solid five years for him to play something like portal At least. It's, it's it's too new he's he's a hipster he's a hipster gamer <laughs> i'm not a hipster <laughs> I, so we i've been playing video games since i was probably like three or four years old but the issue is is i have a twin brother and an older brother so we'd always have to share the consoles. Oh, and so the oh older geez, brother... You don't want your life story. God. The older brother got priority. <laughs> so we played a lot of sport games where we could all play at the same time. So most of my gaming up until I had my own console was sports. So now I'm playing catch-up. There we go. Add them to your list. There we go. Your retro, your retro sort of gaming <laughs> can include Portal. And, and maybe, maybe Final Fantasy VIII. And Lollipop <laughs> Chainsaw. Go play that. It's a great game. I'll see what I can do. But... Yeah, the red shell is um the worst of the shells. It's a solid shell, actually. It's not. I didn't even think of Mario Kart weapons yeah. as a weapons. I they didn't even because I they're power ups. But yeah, you're right. They are weapons. But in my mind, it didn't even register that they are weapons. Didn't register in my mind either. I had to look up the best weapons, and it was on a list. I'm like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Thanks, Google. <laughs> I could. I, same thing with Ryan. I couldn't think of like what is a weapon. Like, holy crap! I've played so many games, but what? Like, I, I had no idea where to start. I mean, I mean, I wanted to be quite sort of fun with it as well. Yeah, so, like yeah, you've yeah. done it, you yeah. know, and trying to think of sort of unique ones. And mine are probably the most generic. They're probably the top three <laughs> on that list. The sword you, was the sword was definitely on. number one on every single one that I, every list that I looked um, at. Energy sword was number one. You know, because I was like, well, I could do Hitman. You know, I could just then list every item I've used. A golf ball, a rubber duck, 
and then I could just li- literally look around my room and I could name stuff and they could all be weapons. So that's why I was like, I'm not but doing that. If you I'm went Hitman, <laughs> you could have gone for the homing briefcase. It's very true. It is very true. The uh, the legendary weapon that is yeah. the, the homing briefcase. <laughs> so with regards to um, thinking outside the box, my number two, I was tossing it up between, there was a game that I played, I can't remember the name of it. It was like Dead, so I'll have to look it up. And um, it was like Dead Something, and it was made by Suda51, I want to say. And there was a point in it, and it, uh, this doesn't relate to my actual choice, but I'm going to share this story anyway. There's a point in it, so you're like fighting demons, and you've got this skull with you. And there's a point in it where you have to fight this massive demon. You've got like a, a revolver-style handgun, and you ring a sex line on a payphone, and then like the woman's talking on the phone and your character's like, oh yeah, but the gun's getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it's like this humongous rifle and then you f- it just fires the one bullet and then shrinks back down. It was That's incredible, amazing. but I, I cannot remember what it's called. I just remember it was made by Suda51 and it was a fantastic game. But it's, it was a very similar style of game to what I did go Sh- for. Shadow of the Damned? That's the one. It's, it looks like it's a gun with a skull at the end. Yeah, that's the one. And the skull can talk. Yeah, so Shadow of the Dam. Shadows of the Dam. This is Honestly, as opposite to Red Shell as I could probably think of. <laughs> it's a fantastic <laughs> game. And just this idea that you bring a sex line to make your gun bigger to be able to like take down bigger For enemies. Just hilarious. Um, but it's very similar to the game I did choose, which is Bayonetta, another absolutely mental game. Um, now... If you've ever played a Bayonetta game, I'm assuming Cheese hasn't. I have then seen you it. Will know, you will know that everything in it is ridiculous. The weapons are ridiculous. The fact that Bayonetta's hair is her weapon and can become a multitude of things. The fact that her high heels are guns. It's everything about it is mental. But there is one weapon from Bayonetta that I absolutely love and honestly cannot get more mental than this and this is the gun chuckers that's not their official name their official name is and i've got it here uh they are called the say fung s-a-i-f-u-n-g and they are basically a pair of nunchuck guns that as you're spinning them around shoot bullets out of them consistently they are literally it's a good idea like taking going from what's better than a gun blade gun nunchucks that sounds like the least accurate gun in all of history though (laughs) that's the point you just flay them around and the bullets just ricochet off everything and And you just just get shot yourself (laughs) well i mean yeah you'd only do it if you're like a two thousand year old witch who can control her hair as a demon but yeah they're they are they are nunchucks that fire um, I've got it here. So yeah, they're nunchucks that fire bullets in every direction as you spin them round. And the in-game description for them is possessed by the soul of the fastest bird demon in all of Inferno. Saifung, these nunchucks who spin at blazing speed, unleash an attack so fast even a god would be unable to catch a glimpse. So yeah, if you can't have a gun sword, well then have gun nunchucks. Okay. I mean, I feel like most of our answers are going to be uh, what's better than a gun. It's if you are 
like swinging the gun around in some way with a pointed <laughs> stick on the end of it or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you could also like viscerate someone while throwing this gun around, it's probably a win. I think is, yeah. is, is the criteria at this point. Exactly. So on that note, then you're number one, right? Following <sighs> gun chuckers. I, just, I, I mean, I, again, I, I my my list feels so generic. It's like. It's it's almost painful. I'm almost cringing with just how generic this is. But it has to be the Keyblade. Like the Keyblade is, it is a great weapon. I absolutely love the Keyblade. Um, obviously, I have a lot of love for the Kingdom Hearts series, even three. The kind of the bastard child that just kind of struggled its way. Um, but you're basically bonking people in the head with a with a big key. Um, but this this is what always makes me laugh because it's called a Keyblade. There's no, there's, blade no, to it. there's no blade to it. You're just there's beating people with a massive metal <laughs> rod. Yeah, it's it's more of a club. It should be a key club. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, I guess you're slicing with it in motion, but, but you're not slicing anything. You're just just battering. It, it is. It's a batterer. It's a key batterer. Um, it's cool because some of them look really cool. Um, incredibly, uh, like. Like physically and like scientifically, most of them would be useless. Like the ultimate Keyblade is basically a very elaborate net um, of just lots of different bits of wire. Yeah. Apparently it works and apparently it's the most powerful one. So why not? I, I absolutely love them. They look great, but it's also really fucking weird. <laughs> so yeah, I can't really go much more. I mean, I always wanted to be a Keyblade user and I'm disappointed that it still hasn't happened. I still haven't been visited by Mickey Mouse. So there it is. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be. I can see your Mickey I don't Mouse Funko behind be. you on your on your mantle. Is that Mickey uh, Mouse? Do you know what? I have. I do actually have my Keyblades. Yeah. Those are my three um, Kingdom Hearts ones. Um, some Overwatch that's the closest get. Yeah, yeah. So I have three Overwatch, and I have some my Hero ones that are hidden. They they're not gaming, see, so they don't get they don't get put in the shots. So, right. so. so have you got a specific Keyblade that is your favorite? Uh, I quite like Riku's actually, not oh, Sora's, because his it looks like an actual blade. <laughs> what actually, Riku? Yeah, Riku's one. Yeah. Riku's it actually has like a sharp edge, so you feel like you could actually do some damage with it. Um, if not, I do like the Ultimate Keyblade, um, and Oblivion was always a good one as well. That's the black one, the one that Roxas uses. So he uses Oblivion and Wishkeeper. Those were quite yep. cool. They also had the really, really strange ones, like the candy cane one. And yeah, the really, really ones, odd ones. Which I just hated to use. And, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 took it that step further when they, they become, the Keyblade can also become like fairground the, rides. Like the key and helicopter. And stuff like that. It's just, it's ludicrous. Like when you actually start to think about what it is. Like, yeah, is see, it? I, I always always loved mickey's keyblade from kingdom hearts 2 which is because it's key. it's like very similar to sora's like core keyblade yeah. very similar but it's just like a more refined version isn't it than sora's yeah. like he's he's like very average standard keyblade it's like a refined refined version of that but for mickey i always love that one but again just because it it just it's just a rod of metal I mean, you can imagine it being like someone like coming up to you, trying to hit you, and you'd be like, "Ah, 
stop. Just can you just stop beating me with this metal pole as opposed to a gunblade? You would be genuinely scared of someone running well, at you with a gunblade. Interestingly, Squall is in Kingdom Hearts he with his gunblade. He is, he is also, <laughs> so I mean, I feel like a saw a squall fight would end with squall losing. Uh, saw a losing side because um, squall's got a gunblade. And last time I checked, the Kingdom Hearts isn't the Kingdom Hearts Kingdom key things aren't guns. It would be like that scene in Indiana Jones where saw would be like, <laughs> and squall would be like, bang. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> except he would have a blade inside his body when he shot. Of course, yes. So otherwise, you're not fully utilizing the gun blade. You must. You're not. Exactly. Not any critic can get a gun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. If you're not going to use it properly, then don't use it at all. Fair enough. I stand corrected. (laughs) So, geez, what's your number one? I'm going to do my honorable mention first, just because I feel like people are going to be surprised that we didn't have this on the list because all the like greatest weapons of all time lists that i looked at had this at number two behind the the sword the energy sword it was the sling blades and the leviathan axe from god of war i was gonna put the leviathan axe but that's only because i played the newest game i didn't play it with i mean you get the sling blades in that one too i guess but you don't you don't play with them as much compared to the older games and i just haven't got to that point yet but the leviathan axe pretty awesome pretty versatile lots of different stuff you can do with it but my yeah. number one is the golden gun from James Bond, Goldeneye, Nintendo Classic. The one shot, one kill, classic, overpowered weapon that if you really got it, you were unstoppable. <laughs> there, was, yeah. there was no winning. If, if you didn't have that gun and somebody else did, you're dead already. Just stop playing. I quit. I'm yeah, out. Just yeah, just immediately quit. As soon as you see that gold glimmer, just stop. Then just you just start to see the blood fill your screen. Da da da. And it's also it. like if I remember from my James Bond memory banks, I've been a long time since I watched James Bond. Isn't the golden gun also one of the most ridiculously worst looking guns? Oh, it's like, yeah, it, it looks, it looks like a gun like this. <laughs> like yeah. it's got like the handle, but then it's just like a single line is the, is the, the, for all well, of I'm you pre- sure it's like there, made it's out of like a, stem. yeah, stem but I'm pretty sure it's made out of like a matchbox and a pen mm. or something ridiculous. Like when they built it, it was literally just made out of household items and I painted it's actual gold. gold. And isn't the owner and the wielder of it the guy that has three nipples? Well, the, man the, the, go- the, man, the man with the golden yeah. gun? Yeah, Salamander, or whatever his name was. Didn't I mean, he have in three the movie, pro- yeah, in the movie it looks a little bit different. But in the Nintendo 64 game, as fantastically rendered as all of that really was, it just looked <laughs> like a golden rock that shoots out of this very thin and narrow barrel. I have now looked at it, and it does look trash. Yeah. It's an awful-looking gun. It's great, but it does look awful. But also, um, on your honourable mention, I don't actually think the Leviathan Axe, from a from a uh, viewing point of view, is all that cool. I think, like, it's a cool axe. It's, it's as cool as axes go. But the thing that makes the Leviathan Axe so good is just how well they've made that axe feel in the game. Mm, true. Like if it didn't have the feet, the feeling that that game give you, like it didn't have the weightiness of it. Um, I don't think it would be on anyone's list because as an axe, it just looks like an axe. 
Like, yeah. like there's lots of axes in games, and it doesn't really stand out in the axe world. <laughs> and I, I know that we're obviously you've already bashed it already, Shane. But <laughs> and I know that the design, the designer behind the Leviathan axe, was brought on board for uh, Thor's hammer in the Avengers. You're right in the fact that the Leviathan, if you compare the two, the Leviathan axe acts very much like Mjolnir. But it feel because of, because of the nature of the game, it's got a lot more sort of built in, and it's from, it just feels so much better than yeah. Thor's hammer in Avengers because that there is you swing it, you can pin people, great. But there's nothing like I, um, what's his name, thingy, Kratos, Kratos, yeah, I've completely forgot it, launching it and then like running in, like beating people with his fist and I, then putting it back through people, yeah. and you can feel that weight, even you know, even without like haptic feedback, you can feel that kind of just that. That weighty rage, like yeah, exactly. There is there is power behind it, and it, it works so well. They've built that just that perfectly. Yeah, the, equally. Um, yeah, equally. There's power behind the golden gun. Yeah, I guess <laughs> pure power. <Yeah>. Pure power. <laughs> pure power. What was you going to say on that, Chase? Uh, I was going to say that with the the differences between leviathan axe and molnir is definitely the user i mean the the pure yeah. violence oh and yeah rage behind kratos versus the godly uh, sense of doing well just, <laughs> just yeah Boy, whatever with boy scout thor, thor doesn't want to like thor doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to rip a guy in half to rip a guy in half yeah. and kratos is like hmm, there's a guy over there she's probably ripping him in half so it, it's just yeah the <laughs> intent is very different behind the wielder of the weapon and that changes the the feel a lot i'm about I think, to bury this in your rib cage <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i also think you've got the uh the setup a little bit wrong there like um four is looking at him like i'm not going to rip this person in half but kratos is looking at them and has already ripped them in half yeah. <laughs> there's no thought process there it's just i've ripped them in half oh, oh shit! no thinking just ripping <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly Modern, that yeah old school sort of doom guy that's what it is yeah until it's done well on the note of like ripping people in <laughs> half or at least body parts <laughs> Uh, that actually ties in nicely with my number one, and this is because, and I I chose this because I absolutely adore this game, and this weapon was so perfect for this game. It just if you if if they had put a normal like assault rifle as your core weapon or a normal pistol as your core weapon, I don't think this game would have been nearly as good. And so the weapon I'm talking about is the plasma cutter from Dead Space. Um, the so if you've not played Dead Space, you the core weapon you had for the entire game it was probably the only gun that you kept with you for the entire game, and the one gun that you consistently had some level of ammunition for was the plasma car, and it was basically meant to be an engineer's tool that allowed you to fire beams of plasma either horizontally or vertically because you could change the setting as you like randomly. So if you wanted to yeah. slice a leg off. You could fire it so you slice a leg off. If you wanted to slice an arm off, you could slice an arm off. And because of the nature of what you were fighting, it was actually it was actually very important that you slice limbs off. Because if you just shot for the body, you were going to waste ammo very quickly. So your your best bet was to slice arms and legs off as quick as possible. But it just not only did it add to that that heightened sense of fear in the game, but it just fit so perfectly with the world they had created. 
and it just it put you on so much more edge because you knew you couldn't just spray and pray your way through it you had to be a little bit tactical you had to think about what you were doing um and also it's a really violent way to murder things firing like plasma cutters through their legs taking their limbs off systematically and then stamping on them while they lie there limbless on the floor (laughs) yeah it was really violent really violent but i just i absolutely love that weapon and they like i say they could have just given you a pistol but to give you this kind of pistol but it isn't that just it took so much more control and so much more and just fit the world so much better i just i think it made the game and and that's why for me it sits as my number one i mean obviously these are obviously weapons so the idea of a weapon is to inflict as much harm as possible but there's definitely a, a a running theme where the more you can cut someone up with said weapon the better it is, effectively. I think yeah. is, what I, is what I've learned basically about us, apart from maybe a turtle shell. The faster which in reality it works, the better it is. Yeah. And the more it humiliates them and rips them apart, <laughs> the better as a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for me is the more weapons you can combine into one weapon, <laughs> the happier I'll yeah. be. <laughs> So there, there must be a weapon we've missed then, which is just all weapons combined. There's got to be. A Swiss Army I mean, knife I did consider, <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite the Swiss Army knife, but I did consider the um, quadruple shotgun from Bulletstorm. The yeah. quad, ba- quad barreled shotgun. Because um, one and two shotguns are just not enough. Yeah, because two barrels is not enough. You need four barrels, <laughs> it, just, and it and it rotates just to make sure, just to really make sure they're dead. You know. Um, but I mean, to talk about the like the one weapon to beat them all. Yeah, you've both seen Beverly Hills Cop three, haven't you? Yes. Cheese hasn't. Ryan has. <laughs> so in Beverly Hills Cop three, there is a point where he needs to get a gun. And there's this whole like joke about this gun that's being sold, and it's basically like a gun that does everything. It's like a machine gun come grenade launcher come CD player come microwave. Uh, It is literally the perfect gun to describe the weapons that we've just been going through. It is this perfect amalgamation of all of the different things you need in life in this giant gun that can make you toast. I have seen the first one, though. I didn't know that there even was three movies, but I have seen the first one. Oh, yeah, there's there's three movies. Hmm. The third one's my favorite by far. Because it has I mean, a gun that does everything. <laughs> that and it's—I just think it's a better film, personally. <laughs> I mean, personally, I just think it's a better film. But they, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our top weapons. And uh, we know we've probably missed loads. If There's and if lot. you have, if you have any weapons you want to throw in the pool, then drop us a message. Drop us a comment on Twitter. Let us know what your favourite weapons of any video game are. And on that Jedi note, was eagerly looking for the Saints Row weapons. Yeah, yeah, he was waiting for the penetrator and the the dubstep gun. And sorry, Jedi, but they're not showing up. You're gonna have to comment if you want to get them involved. <laughs> yeah, you gotta make a case for this. Like it, comment, <laughs> make a case. But on that note, then, um, Chase, you wanna wrap us up? I will do my best. New episode comes out every Monday morning. New blog comes out every Friday evening. Uh, let us know what you liked. Tell us your favorite weapons in the comments. Uh, Twitter, like Shane said. Let us know what you thought. 
Uh, and you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, all the podcast places, including social media. And uh, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Yeah. Also, um, I wrote last week's blog, so go and read it. If you want to know how to get into anime. Yeah. Yeah. I I read it. It was very interesting, actually, because I I love the idea of anime, but I've never really committed to it past, like, Attack on Titan. So it was good. It's not even a great one to start with, either. No. I enjoyed it. Cheese. I'm going to have to help you. I'm going to have to educate you. Somebody help me. I need a lot of help. Follow Shane's follow Shane's uh, series that's going to be coming on anime for beginners. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna. There'll be more of this. But anyway, we're we're going to end up talking again. We don't need to. Um, it's a it's a it's a bye from me. Bye from me too. And a bye from me. Solid work.